Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. So, uh, I made a big mistake. Oh, yeah? What, 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 what'd you make? What, what kind of mistake? I feel silly. So, last week was very busy for me. Yeah. I had, uh, I had family out of town, and it was basically taking over the whole week. So, I said, okay, we can't do a show. Yep. Now, the same day that I realized we can't do a show, you came to me and you said, hey... I have this old episode of Warrior Chats that we can upload. And I said, that's great. And I uploaded it that day instead of maybe just sitting on it for a week so that people had something to listen to last week. That is true. You did do that. And you know what? I'm okay. That's fine. That's okay. I feel like that's in spirit of our show. We give you more so we can give you less and then we can come back and give you an adequate amount. I hope this will be an adequate amount. I'm tired and only care a little bit, if I'm being honest. I don't think you are required to care. Normally I would, but work was dumb today, and I don't feel like caring today. It sucks, yeah, though, because I... last week was <laughs> busy for me, too, and, and I acquired stories, and I told, I think, most of them off-air, but... I can rehash a couple that were more entertaining than others, if you would like. Well, it sounds like you have something you'd like to share. So, Joe and I accidentally kind of crashed a sort of awake. And um, that's a hilarious sentence, and I want to explain how that happened, because it was, it was an event. So, there's a guy in town... Who's older and he's cool. Uh, he takes really good care of his yard and he plays bass guitar. And we, we talk to him every once in a while. We walk by and eventually he's like, hey, you should come in and check my studio out. And we did that. And we've been meaning to see him play. And so finally he's like, hey, I'm playing at this bar. We're doing a jam session from, you know, for one to five uh, if you want to come. And we said, okay. So you go to this bar. It's on the north side of Lacrosse, which is like, if you live in Lacrosse, I guess the north side is considered like the trashier part of Lacrosse. As if there aren't trashy as fuck bars in the south side, like this this weird Capulets and uh, the other Romeo and Juliet gang. I can't. Wow, Monty Hughes, I think. Whatever, it's stupid. Anyways, we go to the bar and we get in there. It's like three o'clock, and everyone is shit house drunk. And it's like, wow, this is a hell of a jam session. Like people are like falling over and slurring their words and whatnot. So we we find a spot and there's like really drunk people kind of dancing and. There's that like one drunk guy who wants to be everybody's friend. And it's like, okay, he seems harmless. And someone taps you on the back and she's like, hey, young man, there's there's free beer in the back. And I was like, well, why is there free beer in the back? It's a bar. They're selling it up front. That's weird. So we listen to the band. They play a couple of songs. and They're, it's, they're good. It's fun. And uh, they stop for a bit. And that's when someone's like, oh, did you know so-and-so died? He was in a biker gang and we're all here to like do raffles and because we're sad. And that's when we realized, like, oh, shit, this is, like, an Irish wake kind of thing. And that's why everybody's hammered and why there's free beer. And so I'm, like, instantly uncomfortable. Like, oh, we don't belong here. We don't know who this guy is. It's technically a public place, but it's not really being treated that way. It's, you know, clearly a very specific get-together. It's around this point that uh, the bass player kind of reminds everybody, hey, this is a jam session. You know, he's, he, he point looks at me and Joe and is like, hey, if you want to get up and play something, you, you can do that. And we're just like, no, 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 horrible idea. But that drunk dude that wanted to be everybody's friend, his name was Zach. And boy, howdy, did he want to get up and play something. 
And he wanted to do a specific song for the dead guy because he was sad. But the, the band didn't know it. But he was on the stage and they started playing and they're like, hey, do you know this song? He's like, I don't know this song. And so the bass player who's singing is like, well, you're going to follow me then and hands him a microphone. And I looked at Joe and I was like, well, we are in for a time. So Zach didn't know what the fuck was going on, but he was um, vaguely enthusiastic. And so he did his best and it was really weird and funny. And at one point, like the guy on keyboard takes over to do a keyboard solo and, and bass player, you know, pokes Zach in the shoulder to get him to shut up and points at keyboard guy. And so Zach just like, and then the keyboard played and he starts singing about the keyboard playing the keyboard solo. <laughs> um, so after that, the band leaves. Zach still wants to do a song. So the DJ finds a karaoke version and plays it. And Zach's got his phone out uh, to have the lyrics, but his phone dies halfway through. So they have to stop the song and someone else brings him a different phone with a full battery so he can start over from scratch and do it again. Now, Zach's not the best singer. He's okay. He he was way fucking better than I thought he would be. But I, I didn't need to hear a song and a half from him. And that was that was a time. And so then bass player gets back up. No one's on the stage. He's like, anybody want to do anything? Everyone's like, this is... Well, all the drunk people want more music. Me and Joe are just like, this is fucking crazy so he starts playing the drums he plays a groove and like another drunk dude who is probably just blackout fucked wanders up on stage and is like you know what i am is i'm a rapper but i don't have any idea what i'm doing or words or things to say so i'm just gonna rap one two three four check check a bunch and then every once in a while say get up get up and he did that for like i think four minutes is when we decided we had had enough and we left I think that's a pretty fun story. Like, yeah, it sounds it like was, a fun day. It was wild. That was a wild 45 minutes, Cameron. But I, what I want to say specifically is these are the kind of stories where I feel like uh, you have, like, a life experience. And then later when you're trying to write, you'll think, oh, I should put that in this. This would be great. And it'll sound, like, fake and stupid. So you take it out. Yeah, I, I, I think it is one of those. It's kind of just, it, now, now that's a you story. That's a Chad story. We're hoping to see him play again in the future, but at a more structured event. I was thinking about uh, what song should I sing at your wake? That's a good question. I googled best song for wake. Guess what? No, Google, stop, stop. Guess what the results were. Um, I want to say Hallelujah was probably on there somewhere. No. Really? I mean, it's, it's not really appropriate for Awake, but it just seems like people sing that one when sad shit happens. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I can't really think of anything. My Way by Frank Sinatra. Okay. Angels by Robbie Williams. Okay. I don't know that song. You know, I don't either. Let me, I'm curious. Uh... Angels by Robbie Williams. Play the When We're Gray and Old. I've never heard this before. Uh, I don't want to be best... reminded about being gray and old at my wake. I want to be dead. Yeah. Um, the Best by Tina Turner. Okay. Wind Beneath My Wings. Yeah, that one makes sense. Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Yeah. It's kind of corny, but I get it. 
uh, Time to Say Goodbye by Sarah Brightman. I don't know the song, but I, I mean, it, it seems cliche at that point. So anyways, I'm going to pick uh, Let It Go. Oh, the Frozen song? Yeah, I would rather sing that at your wake. That would be amazing. I think it would be funny to like uh, like try and improv lyrics. So it's like, like specifically, I'm trying to make it words about Chad who just died. Yeah. Like that's the theme of the song. And I feel like it wouldn't work halfway through. And I have to just keep going. I feel like in the spirit of that, then, if you die before me and I have to sing a song at your wake, I should do We Don't Talk About Bruno, but I'll be like, We Don't Talk About Cameron O. <laughs> I love That's a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> I love that as a concept. Like, the whole point of a wake is to, like, celebrate the person you're saying goodbye to and like yeah don't don't bring it up mm-hmm. i'm trying to drink over here also bruno is two syllables and camerino is three i could just say we don't talk about cameron but that's not stupid 6 p.m so my lawnmower is turned on there we go okay i i love that i love um i uh, you know what so if we die at the same time our wigs would have a lot of disney songs in them yeah that's actually kind of fun we not even i want to make one of those tier lists you know that tier list website yeah yeah yeah. we should design one where it's like best to disney song to sing at your best friend's wake oh my god and just put that out there and see if anyone ever like favorites it that's great i love that idea we gotta write that one down that would be funny to us that would be less funny when we're sober (laughs) maybe not Oh, boy. Nothing's as funny when you're sober. It's true. I feel like uh, I had things to talk about, and I don't remember what they are, but didn't E3 happen this week? Uh, yeah. Did you watch any of the E3? No. Um, do you care about any of this stuff? Um, no, but I, I care that you care, and I'm kind of curious, because... Every year we kind of do an E3 episode and it's basically you watch stuff and then you give me the highlights so I don't have to watch anything. And it's kind of nice to know what's coming out that that is curated by Cameron. Uh, There's a new Sonic game. Oh, I think I saw like a gif of that and he was like jumping back and forth between like new graphics and old. And I was like, oh, that's cool. No, that was like that was how they unveiled it. That's not the gameplay. Oh, it's just new graphics. But I think it does look pretty cute. I'm sad now. Um, but it's a 2D platformer. Like, I feel like it should be. Like, it's weird that, that you have to qualify a, a Sonic game as what it is, but yeah. It's been a little bit. Yeah, the way this unveiled here is really clever, and I thought this might be part of the game. And I'm kind of sad it's not, but, like, visually this looks really good. Hell yeah, you know that, oh, uh, this Golem fucking jungle game? level is dope. Okay, I'm kind of excited yeah. for this. I like Sonic. Okay, good. Elsa has co-op. Oh, nice. Play as your favorite characters. Wait, what's up with Amy? I feel like I don't like Amy, but Amy's in every Sonic game now, and we just have to deal with it. I think Amy's problem is that she was designed very much by a like corporate mandate to have a girl character. Yeah. So they made, like... What if Sonic was pink and we put a bow on her? 
and it's not like a concept behind her. And they've had to basically like cart before the horse retroactively give her personality over the years. Right. Whereas like and, Rouge the Bat was great because she had a lot of personality in her design and in like in what she was doing gameplay wise. I like Blaze the Cat because she's got a, a fun design and I feel like also personality and in, in what she does and, and how she moves. And Amy is just like Pink Sonic. Yeah, well, even, um, I, I was gonna say, like, the more recent comics have a lot of female characters that are characters. Yeah, Whisper's and cool. I'm, I'm a little surprised that we don't see them in the games yet, since, like, Sega owns those. Yeah, but I'm Whisper, going back even further, the, like, go back in the Beamer. 90s, Sally Acorn had a personality. It can be done. I don't know why Amy is like how she is. I hate her. I remember even in, like, um, is Amy on Sonic Boom? Because I know there's, a. Uh like an Australian marsupial character with a boomerang. A what? Or maybe, okay. I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a marsupial with a boomerang in Sonic Boom. Or am I, or am I like really fucking something up? Well, okay. So, so two things. Yeah. Amy is like, Amy's in Sonic Boom, but okay. you're thinking of sticks. Yeah. That one. Okay. I typed in Sonic Boom in YouTube, and it's like, loud Sonic Boom heard across the DC area. And none of these top videos are the cartoon Sonic Boom. Holy shit, I'm scrolling forever, and I still have not found... There we go. It took a while to get the season two debut trailer. Fuck you, YouTube. You should know me better than this. I won't play as Amy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Took a long way to get there. Yeah, we 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 got there eventually. Um, there's a new trailer for Space Marine. Oh hell yeah! How's that looking? Uh, it's looking pretty good. If you want to take a peek at it, yeah, it's kind so, of stuff we've already seen. I feel like the last trailer um, was just was just like there was no gameplay in it. So is there gameplay in this one? Oh, this one's gameplay. Yeah. There we go. I got to scroll a little bit. I'm excited as fuck to play this because the first one was fun. It was really of its time, but it was competently yes. made, and I feel like it appreciated Warhammer in the right ways. And so then this with Tyranids, which looks fucking wild. Holy shit, he's killing so many Tyranids. There's a lot on screen at a time. Yeah, this looks pretty fun. Also, it has co-op. Once again, I'm fucking down. I love co-op. I know you do. Uh, I love Tyranids, and I gotta say, these Tyranids look right. Like, they they move like how I imagine they move, by looking at the models. Yeah. Like, like okay, this is gonna be a good game. There's this scene, like, where where was this here? We're like, there's like a hundred of them on screen, and it looks like you have to kill all of them. And it's like, oh shit, that's Warhammer, that's perfect. Yeah, that's the thing, this is Warhammer. <laughs> so, um, the other thing is, like... I, we haven't seen it yet, but I feel like there's going to be some, like, cool bosses with, like, a giant one, you know? Yeah. So far, you're two for I two, Cameron. Hmm? So far, you're two for two. How about Mortal Kombat? Do you care about Mortal Kombat? Not so much. I like Mortal Kombat as a series, as a property. I've played it. I've enjoyed it. Uh, the, the kills are fun. Some of the character designs in that game are fantastic. I'm not really a fighting game person, so I appreciate it a little more from the sidelines. So they did the thing I wanted, which is gameplay. 
Oh, there but you I'm go. watching the gameplay, and boy, I don't think it looks very good. Oh. Like, this new Street Fighter is really, really good. The new Tekken looks perfect. And so it's like, okay, all eyes on Mortal Kombat. And it has this weird thing where you can pick a guy, you can pick, like, a second character to kind of, like, jump in and punch somebody once and jump out. Or, like, some, like, and tag team looks, wrestling? It's, no, it's not tag team, though. It's, like, a weird canned animation. It's, like, a Marvel versus Capcom vibe. Oh, weird. It And it looks bad. Like, I think it looks very bad. <laughs> it's, uh, compared to, like, what other contemporary fighting games are doing, this almost seems like they're spending a lot of time getting the visual style down. Because, like, visually, yeah, it looks good. The backgrounds are very detailed. Um, the character designs look fun, whatever, but it also kind of... I don't know. I'm going to just skip it. I, I think I'm going to get Street Fighter and move on with my life. It always surprises me to remember that you're, like, into fighting games enough to have a fight stick that's custom-painted. Because you never talk about them that much... And I just, I don't, like, picture that when I think of Cameron. Like, I think of, like, MMOs and Space Station 13, not, like, Street Fighter or Tekken. Well, I guess I don't, uh, with fighting games, you don't walk away with stories. It's a much more mathematical matchup kind of a thing. Okay, yeah. Like, I could, uh... I could tell you about how good I am at Guitar Hero, but that's basically like one time I got 700,000 points on that song. But do you and like play online? Do you do tournaments? Um, no, I'm not good. I, I'm oh. I'm very not good. I pay attention to the genre. Um, our, our our friend that came on and talked about visual novels. I Dude, he. I want to have him on to talk about fighting games because he knows what he's talking about. Like, he understands all the uh, frame data and hitbox technicalities and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, we should have him back on. He was fun. He is fun. I feel like um, we, we, did the, we did him a bit of a disservice, too, because we had him on and we let him talk. And I think that he thought there was more time. He didn't realize how long he talked. And he just kind of monologued for an hour. And then we kicked him off before he... <laughs> That that episode did well views wise though because we were talking about furry visual novels with romance. Well, and, and it was informative. Like yeah, it wasn't it, a waste of time. But I would like to have a conversation. We'll have him on soon. I, actually, you know what? Uh, now that Street Fighter's out, this might be a good time. Yeah, let's do it. I don't remember what his out. name was. I don't either. It's gonna be hard to find him. Um, who's that guy that made Dragon's Ball? Uh Toriyama. Yeah, well, guess what? He's making Mad Max with demons. Oh, that fucking sounds fun. Uh, yeah. You watch this trailer; it's very charming. Um, it's a it's this weird like sci-fi desert world, and there's little imp people, and tanks, and giant sand monsters, and it just it seems kind of refreshingly different, while also like, oh, I haven't had a good sci-fi like this in a while, like this. This feels appropriate right now. Alright, I'm playing the trailer. It took a little bit to load. I'm scrubbing through because I don't... I want to get to the meat of it. Ooh, here's a car. I like the um art style. It's kind of got that like yes. comic book anime thing going on, which obviously it would if it's an adaptation, but... It's always fun to see this executed well in a game. You know, turning the really blatantly 2D stuff into 3D models. 
Yeah, I really like how the tank looks because it has those like little Toriyama like scratches. Yeah. I like the music choice too. It's such like a fun, upbeat, like kind of 2000s rock song. Yeah. Also, most of the stuff he works on tends to be like turn based RPGs. So seeing this as like real time action looks a lot more fun. Yeah, this looks pretty Driving cool. around and stuff. I like this. Yeah, this is charming. Were there any Earth Defense Force news or games? Hmm. Uh, no, but this might be close. Have you heard of Pal World? I have not. So you know how Pokemon is kind of about collecting, but a lot of people argue that it's like, it's almost like cockfighting too? Yeah. So what if, like, what if you collect Pokemon, instead of cockfighting, they were like child soldiers and forced child labor? That would be kind of fucked up, but also a neat idea if they did it right. So, Pal World looks to be doing it right. Oh, this does look kind of like Pokemon. Look at that. It is blatantly ripping off Pokemon. Yeah, it is. That's a Gyarados. Like, That's Walmart Gyarados. I would not be surprised if this is facing some kind of lawsuit. Because <laughs> it's so... It's mistakably Pokemon. A lot of the characters have, like, Pokemon-style eyes and color palettes. Yeah, like, that's Blue Eevee. That's just Pidgeotto right there. Like, it's ridiculous. I like, I like what I'm seeing. It kind of reminds me of, like, Monster Hunter, but with bigger guns, maybe? Or, like, actual guns? I don't think Monster Hunter really has guns. Oh, no, it does. But, yeah, this oh. is, like, confusing. This is, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's also one of these things where... um. Everyone is looking forward to this coming out in China so we can pirate it. So them announcing it at Jeff Keighley's video game convention was like, wait, they're releasing this in English? Like, what? <laughs> this is good news, but what? I, I do like the idea of Pokemon with guns. I feel like there's probably shitloads of fan art on DeviantArt of that, but like... It is kind of inherently funny. It, it only works if Pokemon is an established franchise. It's kind of like like Lego Batman only works, you know, 70 years after Batman's been out and been done to death. And then you can make fun of it. But like Pokemon's been around long enough for like, oh, yeah, no, uh, this is this is uh, this is good. This is funny. I hope they don't get sued into the dirt. How about no, not that one. Um, did you, Do you care about Spider-Man at all? Uh, I, I, I like Spider-Man. I'll see the new movie when it hits Redbox. The new game looks really solid. I feel like the last couple of Spider-Man games have been really well received. Like, whoever's making those is has got it down and is doing a good job. They seem to be, and I agree. Uh, what's fun, though, is the last one kind of teased that we might see Venom. Okay. And so it's like, oh boy, I, I bet Venom's going to show up at some point, right? And then uh, well, they announced Spider-Man 2. And there's uh, Spider-Man and Black Spider-Man, and they're like uh, they're fighting bad guys or whatever. And then there's like a spooky tentacles in an alleyway, and it's like, oh, cool, it's gonna be Venom. And they don't show anything. It's like, oh, okay, we gotta wait. They finally show a gameplay trailer, and it opens with uh, Peter Parker in his symbiote suit, like breaking out of a building, and he's being attacked by uh, Craven the Hunter's henchmen. 
and he is like yelling at them and tentacles are flying out of him to like grab all the henchmen and smash them into a wall and it's like oh they're leaning into the whole like actual symbiote storyline it's not just venom they're doing it right i always forget that there's like a shitload of lore behind that guy because like when i got into spider-man i feel like venom was already starting to turn into like kind of an anti-hero he's a villain but he's yeah he's an anti-hero and then like the latest movie with um that actor everybody knows it was they it was like that but also a little shit posty like he's kind of a loser and that's part of the joke and it's a bit of a mess and grimy and stupid and so to go back to like even before i really cared about spider-man be like no there was actually like really cool stories and they they you know it it had a different vibe than what you're used to i think that's cool um, I hope the game is good. I probably won't play it. I, I haven't played any of the others. There we go. Okay, so I sent you the uh, gameplay trailer. I do like the um, the moveset I'm seeing so far, though, with him as like Venom powers. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's neat that it mixes up his moveset so much. But the visuals, it's got this very cool... like. It looks accurate to what Venom looked like in the comics. Yeah. But it's so fluid. It's funny, seeing all those like tentacles and, and stuff like reminds me of like Lovecraft at this point, right? Like it's just associated with that man. And so it's like, oh, what if what if you're Spider-Man, but also like Cthulhu-esque? And it's like, yeah, that's cool. I can dig it. Um, but what I like a lot about this trailer is the voice work like the i think the black suit looks cool they did a good job with it yep it's a neat look but i like how peter acts like he's out of character where he has this like cringy edgelord dialogue that doesn't work for him and it's funny to me because like that's that's correct like that's what it should sound like and i'm listening to a video game podcast talk about this and they're like boy i don't know about this dialogue though he's like acting all edgy and tough and it's just so lame and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand how important that is. Did we learn nothing from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3? Um, so the whole storyline in this trailer, I don't know if you're skipping through it or, or just letting it run. But at this point in the story, they're looking for the lizard. Okay. And there's a whole like action chase sequence where you're trying to fight off the hunters, trying to capture the lizard, but you want to catch the lizard for your re- reasons, and... And oh no, Miles in trouble, so Peter has to help. And then Peter's in trouble, so Miles has to help. And it's like, okay, this is really cool. Uh, but the lizard gets away. And Miles put a tracker on him. So so Peter's like, oh no, how are we going to find a lizard? He's like, well, don't worry, we can track him with this. And Peter takes the tracker and he says, okay, I'll do this myself. And Miles says, um, like, well, are you sure? He's got really big teeth. And Peter's like, well, so do I. And then he like swings off by himself. And it's like super lame. And I'm yeah. clapping, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, yes, that's all I wanted. Um, so I'm happy about Spider-Man, at least. That's good. Uh, Nicholas Cage is in Dead by Daylight. I heard that, um, I think from you last week, and he's just yeah. like a character, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that, that's fun. Optimus Prime is in Fortnite. That makes sense. I'm kind of surprised it took this long. Alan Wake is in Alan Wake 2, The Return of Alan Wake. Yeah, so one of my writer's group was talking about that, and he's like, Alan Wake is one of my favorite, like, moody, spooky Stephen King, but it's not Stephen King games. 
it's one of those things where I feel like you might appreciate the story, but I don't. I couldn't imagine you playing the game and caring. That sounds accurate. Uh, how about that Golem game? Did you see how bad that Golem game is? No, but I heard someone talking about it. So they announced their next game. They didn't announce it. We already knew it was coming, but they the logo came up and the chat was hilarious because everybody's like, Golem 2! Yeah, Golem 2! Um, but it's a dwarf a survival game where you go back to Moria and you, you uh, try to rebuild it. I mean, I've already got dwarf game on PC. Yeah, and also after seeing Golem, I don't think anyone has confidence in this being better. So it's very funny seeing this at Jeff Geely's uh, big giant games circus tent. This does not look very fun so far. I'm not that far into it, but like the trailer's only a minute, so. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Uh, I feel like I'm being very dismissive of the many uh, smaller titles that came out, but I'm not seeing them listed anywhere on this uh, page I'm on. So it's not my fault, but I feel like those are the big hits. Okay, I want to check the Gollum game because I, I, I've only heard about it like a little bit. I do not want to watch a full walkthrough. Here we go. Here, I, uh, no, that's an IGN review. I don't want to watch that either. No, I can, the, I can link you this fucking... one. You can skim through it a bit. He plays some good highlights. Okay. Um, it, it, Bear in mind, like I was watching a streamer play this. And because he's a big Lord of the Rings guy, it's like, oh, okay, I'm curious like if he can appreciate it for what it is. Because he's not going for like farming content. He genuinely wants to see Lord of the Rings stuff. And so he boots up the game and it starts and then the chat room starts telling him immediately, oh yeah, hey dude, you got to um, like make sure you, you turn off the hair and the options because that'll crash the game. Wow, this looks like shit. Yeah. Some also, of the fonts like, are like default font text. I was going to be like, I hope Video Game Donkey plays this and then he did. You sent me that link. So guess what I'm watching with actual <laughs> volume on later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, you don't have to spoil the whole thing, but you get the vibe of uh, how messy this is. How the hell did this get okayed? I mean, I don't know. I Honestly, I, I don't know that I can tell you <laughs> the behind the scenes on this. Um, the the Whatever investment company invested in this, they probably told them, hey, look, just release it. I want my money back. Yeah. And I don't know. They might make their money back. I don't know what the budget really was. I know this got delayed by a couple years. So to me, that means over budget, but... I feel bad for the token estate. Like, I I don't because it's not that important. But there is a certain, like, I don't know, reverence I feel like we should have for the Lord of the Rings books because of what they did to fantasy fiction. Whether you like well, them or not, know, and I... I I don't think they're amazing. I, I think they're they're good. They're fine. I enjoy them. But, like, I don't put them on the pedestal. A lot of people do. But I appreciate them so much for what they did. And so to see this, it's just like, no, come on. this That's mean. We don't want to do that to Lord of the Rings. So what bugs me is there's a lot of problems with the game. But there's these little things that I kind of appreciate. I think it's interesting what they're doing. And I think it's interesting how they're doing this or that or... There's a couple shots where the background is so painterly and it, and it's like framed so well. And it's like, oh, this is a neat shot. And the lighting is done in such a way that there's just this like black silhouette of Gollum like perched on this ugly rock, like looking at the scenery. And it's like for a, one frame, it looks pretty. 
and then there'll be another scene where it's like the camera didn't do anything. It's just like centered on him. And it's like, I can tell someone did care at some point, but clearly their hands are tied somewhere. Uh, so I sent you the donkey video. I recommend you watch that. I'm going to send you one more video that you should watch later, but it's a behind the scenes on how they did the music and the guy oh. composing the music. You can tell he genuinely cares and the stuff he did is genuinely pretty. And so yeah, it's that frustrating fun. that the bad parts are completely overshadowing any of the good that the game has. It's probably but, pretty normal, right? Like a game comes out and people don't like it. It's rushed. It's, it's rough. It's bad. But like the people who made it still cared. You know, these are artists. They, they, they have a passion. They're in game design for a reason. And it, it, it can be unfair, like how we talk about games to an extent. Like it is a product. We, we are paying a lot of money for the product. But sometimes things get so like mean and vitriolic, and it's like it's, it's it's a, so many little faults that add up, you know. Like, I, sometimes we're too mean, Cameron. Um, I, I was gonna do this for a glad space, but I realized I have a different glad space to do. Do you know what this last Sunday was? Um, the fourth. That's right. It was the twentieth anniversary of Mega sixty four, which they celebrate on six four. Oh, hell yeah. And they did a big old like, all-day stream. They did a bunch of fun videos. They did a uh, review of Mario Land at, um, at Universal Studios. They did a bunch of um, like retrospective stuff where they ranked old videos. And they talked about uh, friends they've met and stories and stuff. A lot of fun. They reviewed bad DVDs uh like they used to do when they um when they would tour up to E3 this time of year and <laughs> they just they don't do that anymore so they don't watch these bad DVDs so that was kind of nostalgic for them uh but they ended the show with the best segment ever where they had Twitch chat write a script for them to do a skit and they filmed that skit live for the stream oh that's cool yeah and it was very neat because you got to see their process. Like, it wasn't just, like, a bit where they just, like, put up poll options. They actually walked you around their whole office. So you saw all the rooms they had for sets and, like, what options they had. They walked through their costume closet and all the different costumes they have. And um, and showed off different props and things. And they had the, the chat community uh, crowdsource what the script should be and have them basically write it out. And I think a lot of them went into this assuming that this would be uh, like, oh, it should be Tetris. Do Tetris again. We'll do like a sequel to the Tetris skit. If you Assassin's Creed again. Yeah. I instead, chat came up with um, it should be about Gollum and it should be him working at Subway. And that turned into Gollum doing a mukbang in the Subway bathroom. What's a mukbang? That's where you eat a bunch of food on camera. Okay. Uh, oh, is there more to it, or is that just called? No, so the final video was Subway Sandwich Mukbang with Gollum. And it's just Gollum eating, like, 20 uh, turkey footlongs in the Subway bathroom. And it, the, the premise of the skit, it's very fun to watch them film this, because you get to see them, like, act professional, and when they go into work mode, how they, like, structure stuff, how they throw up lights real quick, how they get the shot done, the different takes they do. I, I kind of recommend you watch that later. Okay. 
But the final skit was just Gollum sitting on the toilet saying, Mmm, my freshest turkey. (laughs) And it's so stupid, but watching the work that went into making it was kind of fascinating. But what was great was because the video is so bad. I think the, the idea was they filmed this for the live show, not that they actually publish it on their main channel as a real skit. But they were kind of happy with how it was turning out. And so what they did was they end the video with one of those written apologies that these game studios keep putting out. So where they just apologize for how bad the skit was. And it's like, you know, this is actually kind of perfect. Because there's been a lot of written apologies from, from these game studios. Yeah, there have. It's been a it's been a year of that for sure. Um, that's really funny. I I I'm kind of surprised at how I guess organized, like how how it turned out, right? Because I I too would have thought like, oh wait, it is going to be a shit post of like all their favorite moments, and so the fact that it was something kind of like totally new is really cool, and and the fact that they did all of that on basically through twitch and whatnot is is crazy like the uh those guys are so good at what they do and i oh they really are at some point they're gonna get the respect they deserve but until then uh it'll be us oh one of the one of the important bullet points that got worked in was uh everybody voted and agreed that the skit had to include a realistic depiction of a panic attack (laughs) that that made everyone laugh a lot um, that's good and so it's like it's just sean in this like white suit and he's just he's like clutching a, a turkey sub and screaming and he like accidentally bumped the uh the flesher on the toilet so it's just it's like watching them film this or just here's this like skinny scared man with a sandwich and the toilet scaring him because it keeps making sounds and it's like this is so dumb and it's it perfectly summarizes their careers and their talent, which is kind of a weird, ironic way to portray that. I I'm happy for them. I, I I've I feel bad. I kind of fell off their podcast. I just only have time for so many a week, and I try oh, yeah. to get around to theirs, but then I end up doing something else. But uh, it is funny, like how they've outlasted like G4 TV and you know all this other stuff. Or even like uh. It's not the same, but uh, you compare them to Rooster Teeth. I feel like uh, Rooster Teeth grew so fast that it, like, is basically turned into a cancer where it's, like, it's more corporate than talent now. Like, the original people don't seem to be involved anymore, and it's, like, constant, like, controversy and weird stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. And then you'll get Mega64, and it's basically the same guys. And, like, I guess, like, so Gus isn't going to be on the podcast anymore. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they, they announced that. And they were talking about it on Meg64, and they were, they were half-joking. But at the same time, Sean kind of said, like, I can't imagine not doing our podcast. Because it's like, this has been our Sunday since we started. And it's like, even if we're not doing skits anymore, I still want to, like, sit down with you guys and talk. And it was just funny, because that's kind of how I feel with our show, you and me, where it's like, this isn't so much about putting out a product. It's like, I, I look forward to my Thursdays with Chad every week. Yeah, it's it's a great routine that we have just because it's like, oh, I get to sit down and we I get to talk about, you know, talk to Cameron about just stuff, right? It's fun. It's If we cared, we would be upset that we only get like 20 to 30 views an episode, but we don't care because it's really not about that. Also, I'm not footing the bill. 
Well, and and you even mentioned it though. I saw you bring it up in a Discord where it's like this. Uh, uh, we doing the glad space has been like healthy <laughs> to yeah. like once a week be thankful for something. I feel like it forces you to kind of keep track of the things you're thankful for. Cause it's like, oh, that could be a glad space. I should remember that for when it happens. And then you get Very to it and you have so. like four or five of them. And you're like, oh, I guess there's some pretty nice highlights this week. Boy, so um, I, I think technically there's still some more games to be announced. But I want to say the only thing that's going to matter is Xbox. Um, when is Xbox show? June 11th. So next week, I guess. Um, we'll see how that goes. I have a question for you. That's video game related, so it's it's on topic. I was told that Overwatch 2, their single player stuff, is getting shit canned. So I find that interesting. Um, define single player. I guess they're PvE. Okay. Well, uh, let me uh, again define PVE. Uh, you and a group of people, so not single player. It's still multiplayer, but like versus AI controlled. I don't know what they are. If they're robots or if they're aliens or what. But I, I was under the impression that part of Overwatch Two was going to contain these like big story beats with uh more structure to them that you would play with with friends and it would be fun and i think there was a little bit of that in overwatch one they kind of workshopped it and then i was told that though they decided they're not going to do this at all and it's going to be more of the same which is whatever overwatch is right now so what's funny is um chad said the exact same thing to me and i got really mad and told him that he doesn't know what he's talking about and he's stupid that's what i'm telling you too no it blizzard's done an abhorrent job communicating anything. Uh, I've I've heard people talk about like a narrative campaign or a single player mode or like a wave based game. Like the, no one knows what it actually was, but for some okay. reason, everyone in their head had an assumption of what it was, and then got mad that it got canceled. And it's like they didn't even announce that. What are you talking about? So, um, what they announced. When they announced the Overwatch 2.0 thing, right? I, I wanna I wanna explain it. I was gonna literally do a video about it, and it's like I don't wanna lose all my followers on YouTube, so I'm not gonna talk about Overwatch. <laughs> uh because I literally I did research. I went back and rewatched the announcement like a couple weeks ago. Cause I okay. was like, Am I am I insane and everyone else is wrong? But it turns out no, I'm right and everyone else is wrong. So uh what they announced when they said Overwatch 2. Um, basically, they were relaunching the game. They don't want to say this publicly, but it's because basically Overwatch was illegal in some countries because of the loot boxes. Oh, okay. So one of the changes they wanted to make was let's pivot from loot box into battle pass. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. One of the other changes they wanted to make was let's pivot from 6v6 into 5v5. We'll just make the tank stronger. But technically, that kind of throws off the balance of the game. So that's going to be a drastic change. Yes. Uh, one of the changes they wanted to make was, um, like, uh, various other things that they were doing. Like, a new game mode, they're going to phase out the two capture points and substitute in this new push mode. So that's kind of a big deal. And so what they did was, just like with other Blizzard games, they're going to bundle all these big changes into, like, one massive thing. 
So like with StarCraft, it would be an expansion. Like you buy StarCraft II Heart of the Swarm. Yes. And that permanently changes the game because it completely reworked how uh, Zerg works and the ranking or whatever. Uh, Heroes of the Storm, they did a 2.0 relaunch where they redid the store, they redid the classes, they redid the structure, they redid how XP works, they redid the maps. It's still the same game, but it was a big update. Okay. Um, World of Warcraft 10.0 just came out three months ago, you know? So Overwatch 2.0... They wanted to answer the demand for the PvE side because there's a lot of people like they they basically made a hero shooter that's like Team Fortress 2, but they marketed it to Redditors that are afraid of PvP content because their feelings will get hurt. So ever since Overwatch was announced, there's been people asking for a single player mode or some kind of like versus AI mode that they could enjoy because they love these characters but they don't like this like competitive shooter environment, which I don't understand because I don't buy Monopoly and think, where's the single-player campaign? But whatever. Right, right. Uh, th- there's clearly a demand for a uh, narrative because everything's like presented with this, like, there's comics, there's these like cinematic shorts that imply there's a story. People are always like, gleaning all these like lore bits from all the character dialogue. It's like, I understand why people ask for it. So they're like, okay, yeah. Now, what does Fortnite do? Because guess what? Fortnite makes a lot of money. Fortnite, you can play PvP mode for free. But if you want to do the PvE mode, you can buy it as an add-on. So they said, okay, for Overwatch 2, you can buy a PvE mode. So there's all these changes. But there's going to be basically a new game. Like, it is, like, all the characters have all these new abilities and talent trees and stuff. Like, it's basically uh, like one of these character talent trees is more complicated than making a whole new character. Like they're br- pretty much making a whole separate game's worth of content just for this one add-on. And so okay. you're going to have to pay for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, as time went on and it got delayed at some point, they said, look, we're not going to make you pay for it. And it's like, Oh, well, okay, whatever. It's like, in fact, it's all free. Just, it's all free. Who cares? You just play overwatch. And then they said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna have to delay the PvE part even longer, but we don't wanna like hold up the multiplayer content. So instead of doing this all at once, we're just gonna release the multiplayer part now. So here's the update. The 5v5, a new mode, we took out the old mode, uh, here's the battle pass, all that stuff. PvE mode to be determined. Uh fast forward to now, they said, hey, look, it just wasn't working, it wasn't fun. It took way too much work for stuff that, frankly, like, doesn't matter. Because, like, you're doing a whole talent tree. Like, how much work do you want to put into these abilities that you're not even going to use as soon as you can replace them? You know? Right. Uh, the gameplay footage that we ever saw, the PvE stuff, it was on the same multiplayer maps. Like, it, it was just, like, they added fog or night mode. And then there's, like, waves of robots. But now... You can shoot your your gun and it'll like ricochet and hit two robots instead of just one, and that's pretty much what the PVE mode was. Okay. Uh, so they basically said, "Look, we're we're just gonna stop wasting our time on it. That's gone." Now let's go back to 2019 when they announced all this. They announced a PVE mode, and that's what got everybody excited. They also announced the story mode. There's gonna be story missions. And those story missions are going to be a lot like the stuff we've already seen, 
where it's like a flashback or something and, and whatever, but you have basically your same kit from the multiplayer. Those are not canceled. So we're still getting the story stuff. Okay. So, that makes so a Richard, lot more you can, sense. you can calm down. You'll, you'll figure out whether or not Junkrat is gay very soon. I don't think Junkrat is gay. I think, I think Junkrat is a lot more complicated than that because Junkrat has two hands and can masturbate with both of them. Well, it's one for him and one for Roadhog. There you go. And then Hammond goes up Roadhog's ass. I think, no, Hammond uh, goes up Junker Queen's ass. Hammond can go up any ass Hammond wants. And he's picky, and he's not going to go, you know what? Let's just save this for the devs to explain. Uh, this winter, when the story mode does come out this year, so everyone can look forward to that, that's okay. I I think it's uh, very weird, because I've tried to have this conversation with people, and uh, the reason I get all like worked up about it is because they immediately get defensive and hostile about it and start telling me I'm wrong. And if I send them a video of what's his name, literally just saying like exactly what I just said, then they get, they, they tell me to fuck off. And that like, it's like, it's like, why do people care so much? Like, <laughs> like I thought, I thought people didn't like Overwatch anyways. I thought people were always complaining about it. So it's like, I don't know what the deal with that is. Right. I, the times I miss Overwatch are because we would get together and we would just shit post while we played. And it was stupid. And we would be like, man, how, how far can Hammond go up Junkrat's ass? And then people would be like, why are you talking about this and not playing the game? And then I would just go in the middle of the thing and jump until someone shot me and, you know, be a detriment to our team. And that was really funny to me. Um, but the game, I don't like the game at all. Uh, yeah, I think uh, if anyone out there does like the game, the good news is nothing's changing. So you can keep liking it. If anyone out there doesn't like the game, you can play literally any of the other... Like, you know what? I'm going to open Steam right now. Okay, there's like at least six other video games that exist. Oh, shit. Pick one That's of those other games. You have options, people. Like, I think this what confuses me with Overwatch is that the people that are most upset with it don't seem to be the people that uh, have bounced off the game. It seems to be people that never liked it and they want it to be something else. Oh, and that's what confuses me. Like, some people want it to be more like Team Fortress 2, and some people want it to be more like Call of Duty, and then some people want it to be more like Horizon or something. Like, I don't know what's going on. So, <laughs> it's very weird to me. Cameron, you know what we just did, is we talked about video games for an hour, and it's been a fucking while since we did that. Yeah, I'm glad that I was able to not bore you too much. I was telling Joe like three days ago because I was like, is it E3? And he's like, I think so. And I was like, oh, that means I'll get to do an E3 episode with Cameron and he could just give me a curated list of shit I care about. And then I'll be like, hey, E3 was cool this year. So mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. So next week, you talked about doing music club. Should we uh, should we announce our music club picks? Do we want to do that? I think uh, maybe we should. So, I'm saying I'm, I'm starting a lot of well, sentences with the word "so" right now. I feel kind of no. Bad let about me go it. first because I already said it. But okay. I'm picking a Daft Punk "Random Access Memories." Uh, I fell in love with this album the day it came out, which is something that I don't normally listen to day one albums. I don't normally buy albums, 
this is out of the norm for me. And I, it's something that I still listen to today. So I'm looking forward very much to talking about that and sharing that with you. Because I guess you haven't really listened to it much, huh? No, I, I don't think I've ever listened to it from start to finish. I've heard some of the big songs on it. I know that mm-hmm. the album is very well loved. I mean, it, it beat um, it beat Red uh, for the Grammys that year. It, it you know they they overtook Taylor Swift, and uh, I know it's well produced. Like you know the 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 Daft Punk is very known for that. So I'm kind of excited to like put some really good headphones on and just kind of like check it out because I, I it's going to be a, a I think a, an experience. Okay, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, that's mine. Chad, I'm very curious to hear what you picked because you did mention that you uh, were juggling a few options. Yeah, so have you have you ever heard of Halsey? No. So Halsey's a pop singer. Um a little uh, kind of on the I don't I don't know if I want to say edgier side, but she she's got, you know, she she'll talk about things about, you know, like being sad and and, and you know, uh, her her music's got a specific kind of like sound and vibe to it but it's in the pop genre uh she released manic in 2020 that i think is a fantastic album then in 2021 she put out a different album called if i can't have love i want power and she uh had it co-produced or she worked with um the the nine inch nails guy what the fuck is his name off the top of my head i used to know this and then i forget things trent reznor i think i think she worked with him and it's got a really interesting soundscape. So it's pop music, but it's also kind of not. And I, I think you might dig it. it, it it's it's a it's a really cool it's a really cool album. There's some fantastic songs on there. Um, but it's also like you know here's a genre but a twist on it. So it's not like a, a perfect example of of like modern pop music. It's very different. Well, I, that sounds actually kind of interesting. I hope you like it. It was definitely in my top 10 on 2021. I can't remember where I stuck it. I think it was pretty high up. It's also a good excuse for me to just like re-listen to it as it's fucking been a while. Oh, that too. Boy, I'm so I'm feeling kind of stupid because I had like a couple Gladspace things and I like suddenly am having a brain fart. Um, I can go if you want. You want to think about it? Yeah, you go first, and I will go soonst. Okay. I have a couple I could pick from, which is nice, because it's been a weird week, and I feel like there are shitty things, but also good things, it turns out. Um, Honestly, like, the really, the, 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 the really easy one to reach for is my dad's birthday on June 1st, and he told us over and over, me and my brother, please don't get me anything. And we kept joking we were going to get him a guitar. But we did not get him a guitar. I, but I was like, Joe, let's let's go half season on a really nice bottle of bourbon because there's a brand I like and I want to try their other flavor. And it's so expensive that I'm only ever going to buy it like for an event like Christmas or if we share. Because it's like $90. So I got him a bottle of Barrelcraft Dovetail. Uh, Dovetail, sorry. And holy fucking shit, is that a good, good bourbon. It is so delicious the first time i tasted i said wow like like literally out loud big smile eyes lit up you know like i was in a cartoon and it's really fun to find one like that because they don't come along super often and they're usually prohibitively expensive 
But it's been really nice to try. Everybody's had some now. We're going really slow through the bottle to try and savor it. And it's it's so good. And I, I it's one of those, Cameron, when you come here eventually, I, I think that would be an event I would go in on one of these kind of bottles just so you could try it too, right? And, and we could like, you know, sit around and, and sip this kind of extremely nice, very explosively flavored liquor. Made me happy. That does actually sound nice, though. I, I would have been on that. It's got a very molasses and nutmeg to me flavoring. Um, there's a bit of brown sugar in the back end. Really nice burn. It's just very bright tasting. Boy, this is real annoying. Why don't I write things down? Oh, now I remember. Okay, okay. So I've been asking for this for years. But that Star Trek uh, Telltale Games game came out. Okay. It's it's uh it's pretty much what I wanted. Nice. Um it is like it feels like watching Star Trek. I I was uh I got it and I've been waiting for my dad and we we sat down, and we pretty much just like played it together. And we're both um sipping on wine and just letting it play out and the it, the story like I boy I think it went like 45 minutes before anyone had to pull out a gun. And even then, it wasn't to shoot someone. It was to disrupt some like plasma that was building up on the side of the ship. And you had to like disperse it some so you could pass. Like it, it's like it was not this weird combative, like you have to kill all the Klingons now, ring attack, explosions. Like the characters are talking. And there's a part where you have to do maintenance on the polarity relays. So you have to like walk out. And you open a little thing. There's like a panel. And you have to unlock the panel. And then you push this button. And you, you take one of the, the bypass uh, chips. And you put it into the, the temporary hold. And then you grab the, the little meter radials. And you adjust them slightly until the frequency is right. And then you lock it in place. And it's like it feels like maintenance on, a, on an Enterprise. And it's like this is Star Trek. Like <laughs> what took them so long to do this game? You know, that's a good question, right? Because I feel like the core of Star Trek isn't super action heavy and it doesn't need to be flashy. It doesn't need to have like the triple A game experience to be what fans want. And so that it's taken this long to have something good. Like it needs good writing. And that's probably like in a weird way harder to do in some cases. Like I know the the bar keeps rising for like graphics and sound and and, uh, gameplay hooks and loot boxes or whatever. But that game is going to live and die on how well it's written and how well it's paced. And if it makes you feel like you're on the enterprise or whatever ship you're on, which is hard. Here, I'm going to timestamp this one here. Someone put up the uh, full gameplay. It's like a nine hour game. So it's pretty much like you, you can think of it as maybe a couple movies. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, and, you know, it's not that triple A experience. But just watch the scene here where it's two characters talking and they're talking about like, oh, yeah, here's your records. And we're working on maintenance on the ship. And uh, it, we, our, our first officer died in an accident because of this thing that happened. So we're all very sad about it. And you can choose how to, like, carefully broach that subject. Hey, it's the guy from the Blue Man Group. It's Blue Man himself.
But you notice how it just kind of plays out like a drama? Yeah, although like an accident suggests fault. That's a really good line. Very political. Yeah, it's it's very much the politics. And it's interesting because the captain is kind of older. And he seems to be like not at his prime anymore. And he seems to be kind of responsible for this accident in the first place. And so there's this weird, like, there's tension in the crew because some people, like, lost their friends in this explosion. Sure. And some people maybe blame the captain for it. Now the captain's paranoid. So it's like, well, here, you're this new guy. You have to, you, you know, you can help uh, mitigate that. But you have to do what I say because if you undermine me, then the whole thing will fall apart and I'll lose my career. And it's like the politics of, like, how do you <laughs> how do you manage this in a leadership role? Uh. And then the other half of the story, you actually play on someone in the lower decks just as, like, maintenance stuff. So you get to see these different perspectives of how, you know, life on the ship is and how that affects the story. And I'm just, uh, I'm very happy with how it's turned out. This is called Star Trek Resurgence, which I don't think is a great title. But I'm just very happy with it. (laughs) Yeah, I like these uh, dialogue options. I feel like... You're like they—they they feel delicate. Like you're—you're you're trying to get information, but you're trying not to be rude about it. And there's like, they're the kind of things that this character would say. You know, it's not like a paragon. You know, are you going to go the good route or the evil route? Um, but like, there's a part where there's like a freak ion storm, and something's happening, and it's like, oh no, uh, the, the thing's happening. Blah blah, and science bullshit. And then the science officer says, like, well, we have to activate the plasma relays and deflector pattern and then the the tactics officer is like no no, just turn on the shields because if we do if we reverse polarity on the thing then it'll like it'll hurt the crew members that are out working on the ship right now and it's like there's a timer because there's an ion storm coming and you have to pick something and it's like i don't know what these made-up words mean (laughs) and it's like it's kind of cool because it's like oh i wasn't (laughs) i was caught off guard that i would have to make a decision here and I have to make a decision. Yeah. And it's just sort of neat. Like, if anyone's played Telltale Games, you know it. Nothing here is going to surprise you. It's just that Star Trek as an IP fits their formula perfectly. And I always found it frustrating they didn't do this sooner. But I'm very happy to see it now. Oh, yeah. This looks pretty cool. But that's mine. Star Trek Resurgence. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's all. Should we close out there? I think so. This is a fun episode. I'm sorry if I was a little low energy. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. I'll be better next week after we listen to some fun music. No, I. It, it was a really weird day at work. I. You have those like three hour meetings where the first hour is maybe productive and then the other two are not, and you're like, "Wow, I could oh. be working on the stuff from the first hour." That was my day. Well, I hope tomorrow is a greener pasture. Me too. If uh, if Martians showed up and they're all Christians, then we'd all have a bunch of green pastors. I, we're ending there. We are we are ending on Good that night, joke. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs>